God is good all the time. Amen. We're kind of having a family day here. Can you just make all of our children feel welcome? Amen. In this house. Our children's pastor didn't want to miss her pawpaw preaching today. Anybody excited about hearing my dad minister in this house? Amen. Can you make him feel welcome as he comes and takes this pulpit? God is good. Praise his holy name. For some reason, I feel right at home in this pulpit. Maybe it's because I've been associated with this church for over 30 years. It was over 30 years ago that Brother William Carnley heard me preach at a Texas camp meeting. He approached me. I'd never met Brother Carnley. And he had just started this work. It was starting a little storefront building downtown here in Gladewater. He wanted me to come and preach for him, so I came and preached a revival. And for the next several years that he pastored this church, I came every year and preached his homecoming. And then later, when they had moved out of that storefront building up on uh, 271, I came to pastor this church. Brother Carly went to Wichita Falls, and I pastored this church for ten and a half years. Now, for the past two years and about three months, I've been a member of this church. This church has only had three pastors. Brother Carly was here for nine years. I was here ten and a half years, and I think Pastor Steve, he's been here now for about 15 years, or will be nearly 16 years come the last of February. But anyway, I thank you, Pastor, for the privilege that you've given me this morning. He said that this would probably be my last sermon. So, folks, hold on to your seat. I may take my liberty. seem to think maybe I may have to sit down in a chair before I'm finished, but that's okay, too. I feel that God has given me a message this morning to share with you. I just want to take my time because, you know, the word is he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And you know, if you don't know, let me tell you, when God made us, he gave us two ears and one mouth. So that means that we should listen at least twice as much as we talk. As a matter of fact, you know, you'll never learn anything as long as you're talking. It's only when you stop and when you listen that you can learn. And my prayer is that you will learn this morning, amen, that Jesus Christ loves you and that he is with you. He's a promise keeper. If you have your Bibles this morning, I want you to turn to 1 John chapter 5. And I want to read verses 4 and verse 5. 
And I'm reading from the NIV version of the Bible. First John chapter 5, verse 4 and 5. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. In reading the Scriptures, I have found that there are many different names for those who follow Jesus Christ. We're called Christians. We're called disciples. We're called saints. We're called believers. We're called beloved. Here in this text, we're called overcomers. I know this morning that I'm a Christian. I know also that I'm a disciple. I don't know about being a saint. Sister Gow's never called me one. But I am a believer, and I am beloved of my Lord and my Savior, Jesus Christ. But three times in these two verses of Scripture, we're called overcomers. In Revelation chapter 12 and verse 11, they overcame him, that is the devil. They overcame him because of the blood of the Lamb. Can I tell you this morning, there is still power in the blood of the Lamb. Whenever he appeared on the banks of the Jordan, John pointed to him and said, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. It's the blood of the Lamb, amen, that we can overcome and become a Christian. And because of the word of their testimony. So we can overcome this morning by the blood of the Lamb, and we can overcome by the word. There is power in the word that you speak, amen. And God would have us to be overcomer. Never be afraid and never be fearful of using the name of Jesus Christ and speaking positive and not negative. In Romans chapter 8 and verse 37, the apostle Paul said, We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. That is Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 57, But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. You may want to know what it takes to be an overcomer. I've listed three things that I want to share with you this morning, how you can overcome. First of all, you have to acknowledge the problem. Now, the word overcome implies that there is something that is standing in our way. And we all have problems, but we have the promise that we can overcome. To overcome has nothing to do with your circumstances. Let me say it again. To overcome has nothing to do with your circumstances, but it has everything to do with your commitment and your dedication to the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. If you look at Paul and Silas in the prison, the jailhouse there in Philippi, they had circumstances, 
They're, they were cast into prison, their feet put in stocks. They had been beaten, their black backs were bloody and also unwashed. But you know what they had? They had a commitment. And that has everything to do with being an overcomer. You need to be dedicated and you need to be consecrated, amen, and have a commitment to the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So they sang. What did the world inspire them? They were inspired by the risen Christ that they served in their day. And this is enough to inspire us to know that Jesus Christ is no longer in the grave. Amen. He has risen. The Bible tells us to remember he is risen. And I want to ask you this. What if they had not sung? The jailer would have never been saved. His household would have never been saved. So don't let the devil get you down with circumstances. It could affect your testimony and hinder someone, amen, in coming to the Lord and the Savior, Jesus Christ. Now things happen. Now I think you all could say amen to that. Has anybody in this building ever had any kind of circumstances they had to overcome? <laughs> the key, you know, to overcoming is to know that what is happening in the present, amen, is going to be removed from us. So what happened to what happened to us? After you have overcome, you'd wonder, well, where in the world is that storm? Where is that temptation? Where is that trial? You can overcome and have the victory. Thanks be to God that has given us a victory. And we can overcome everything that may come our way. Our problem, I think, is the world. And the world is the devil. The world is sin. The world is suffering. And the world is pain. These things, they stand in our way. The world stands for for everything in, is in opposition to everything that God stands for. Glory, but I want you to know this morning that Jesus Christ has offered us the victory. I read a story sometime back years ago, as a matter of fact. There was a stranger that driving down the road, and he just happened to spot a, a baseball game that was taking place. So he stopped and walked out through the field to where the game was being played. And he stood there for about 10 minutes and just one hit right after the other. And he looked at one of the little boys that was standing there. And he said to him, said, what is the score? He said, 18 to nothing. Well, he said, aren't you discouraged? In the score, 18 to nothing, he said, no, sir. He said, you see, we haven't come to bat yet. <laughs> so when you're in this battle, when you have these problems, these difficulties, these circumstances, and the score is 18 to nothing in favor of the devil, you tell the devil, amen, you haven't come to bat yet. 
And when the game is over, you will be have 118. Praise the Lord. Amen. That encouraged me, that hand clap. I think I'll preach a little longer. The second thing that will make you an overcomer is to accept the promise. The promise is we can. That's the promise. In Philippians chapter 4 and verse 13, Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. That's where it's at. That's the promise. In Job chapter 35 and verse 10, Job said, where is God my maker? He said, if only I could find him. said, I could argue my case. He seemed to have lost the presence of God. But if he could have asked, asked Moses, said, where is God my maker? Moses would have probably said, he's in the burning bush. If he could have asked Daniel, where is God? God, Daniel would have said, he's in the lion's den. If he could have asked Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, where is our God? They'd have said he's in the fire furnace. If they could have said, do you know, to the to the apostle Paul, where is our God? And to Silas, they could have said he's in the prison. Where is God? I'll tell you where he's at this morning, where he's at right now. He's at New Life Worship Center here in Gladewater, Texas. And if you have a problem, circumstances, God can give you the victory. Praise God. God's never been defeated in any event in the past, and he will never be defeated in any event in the future. Glory. When Joseph was in prison, God came to his rescue and delivered him so he could prepare Egypt and also his own family for the famine that was yet to come to Egypt. God set him free. When Israel was in Egypt's bondage and been there for many years, it was God that delivered them. He didn't lose that battle. When David, you know, sinned against God through murder and adultery, found himself in the mire pit, it was God that came, amen, and lifted him up out of the mire pit and put his feet on a solid rock. Glory, God, amen, can do it. And when Jesus Christ was in the tomb, God brought him out of the tomb on the third day like Jesus said he would and gave him the victory. Glory. He's alive today. I have a, one of Bill Gaither's tape, and I heard a young man, a piano player for Bill Gaither in this group for many years. He told of his little boy on the Easter Sunday morning, he was on a play there at the church, and his role, he, he was representing Jesus Christ in this, in this Easter program, and he went to, to, to see the program and to, you know, to praise his little boy, and he was so proud of him, you know, through the crucifixion, and when they buried him, and then come Easter Sunday morning, and all of a sudden, his son came out of the tomb, and then all of he just said, oh, there he is, he's risen. And then he turned around and went back inside the tomb. 
And he sat there, he said, I was so embarrassed that I didn't know what to do. He said, that every, there was such a quietness that came over the congregation. And all of a sudden, the little boy's voice came from inside the tomb and said, ready or not? He said, here I come. Glory, so ready or not, amen. He's ready. I said, he's ready. And he can take care of any problem that you have in your life today. Amen. There's power for us this morning. And then third and the last, I've listed, there's so many other things I could have used, but I know I'm beginning to get a little out of wind. It's been the first time I preached in about a year and a half. The third thing you want to do is to apply the principle. And what is the principle? John tells us right here in this text. He says, this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. That's where it's at. What is faith? Every person, you know, each and every one of us have faith in us in something. Sister Gowd opened a can of beans the other day. She put it on the table, and we had Pastor Steve and and Rose with us, and uh, they ate it. I ate it. Not even know, you know, if it was any good. So we had faith in that can, at, at, that can of beans. Sometimes you go to the doctor, you can't even pronounce his name. I found that quite often, you know, and it gives you a prescription that you can't even read. Then you take it to a pharmacist, you know, that you uh, don't even know his name. What do you do? He gives you a medicine you don't understand, and then you go home and you take it, you know, as, as faith. As faith, it's going to be good for you. But John's not talking about this, that kind of faith. But he tells us, only he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. This is the key, folks. That, amen. It makes us an overcomer. What does faith do? First of all, faith makes available to us the presence of God. Helen Keller, you're talking about circumstances, problems. She was born deaf, dumb, and blind. There's a young lady by the name of, her last name was Sullivan. She went after this lost soul. It took her weeks and months and even years to teach her, finally to teach her sign language. And, and it, 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 it was amazing what she did. And then came a man of God, and he told her all about Jesus and led her to the Lord. And he said, his name is Jesus. She said, oh, sir, said, said I, I've known about him for a long time, but said I never knew what his name was. That's his name, and this is the name that you can use to overcome. What a, what a lovely name, this name called Jesus. And then second, you know, faith opens, you know, to us the power of God. Faith is, is, is so precious, folks. And I, in my ministry, I, I, somebody told me once, Brother Gad said, you preach more sermons on faith than you do anything else. 
But when faith brings me into the presence of God and when faith reveals the power of God in my life, amen, that encourages me, that lifts me up. And the power of God is available for every child of God. You have it. You just have to accept it and believe it. A.J. Gordon, a great preacher years gone by, he was downtown once, and he, from a distance he saw a man with holding a puppet, a pumping, a hand pump, and he was pumping, and water was just flowing out of that pump. And he stood there, and he just kept pumping, and he thought, my Lord, he's got strength. So how, he just, it, it was amazing to watch him. But then he, when he drew near, he found out it was a wooden man. And the pump was connected, you know, it was being run by electricity. So it wasn't, you know, the man pumping the water, but it was the water pumping the man. And you look at me this morning, you say, oh, it's a Brother Sam Gad. Boy, look at him. He's a man of God. He's, he, he's, he can do great things. He can even pray and raise the dead. I only did that once. And I was scared to death then because a man got angry with me when he opened his eyes whenever, you know, we thought he was dead. He looked at me. He said, I wish you preachers would leave me alone. He said, every time I get ready to go to heaven and God takes me, some of you will come along and just pray that prayer of faith. And then I'm alive and I have to stay here. But this is the kind of faith, amen. But it's not me. It's not Sam Gowd. It's the Christ that lives in me. Glory. I'm connected to higher power. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm going to shout. I love the Lord. The Lord is good to me. I praise his holy name this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Bless his holy name. And finally this morning, faith reminds us that the final victory belongs to Jesus Christ, belongs to our God. I gave Pastor Steve a Bible the other day. I want, he wanted one that belonged to me, and I wanted one that belonged to him. And I've been reading it. And I got into the 15th chapter of the book of Genesis. I'm reading it through. For Abraham, God told him, I think it was about 90 when God told him this, said, you and Sarah, and Sarah was about 80. And God told him, said, said Sarah is going to have a, your child. Said, you're going to have a, have a child, you'll call him Isaac. And uh, Abraham couldn't believe it. Because, you know, it was, he had to wait a while before it happened. A 100-year-old man and a 90-year-old woman going to have a child. I'd have probably laughed too. But he asked God, he said, look, he said, how can this thing be? It seemed impossible. Have you been there? How am I going to get out of this situation? What's going to become of me? What's going to happen? But you know what God told Abraham to do? 
said, go outside and count the stars. When your faith is dead in what God's able to do, just go outside and count the stars. It was God that put the stars out there. If my God, amen, he created the heavens and the earth and all that is in it. And if God can do that, God can bring me through anything that I have to face this life. As a matter of fact, he's already done that in my lifetime. I've been a blessed man. I was blessed to be born in a Christian home. When I was born, my mother and father was both filled with the Holy Spirit. I grew up in a Christian home. Gave my heart and my life to the Lord when I was only 14 years old. Preached my first sermon when I was only 15 years old. I've been blessed, you know, to be a part. Amen. Been blessed to have Sister Gal to come into my life. Over 55 years we've lived together. And God has blessed us, amen, to take this gospel, the good news, to many places and touch the lives of many people. In our journey, amen, from South Carolina up into Wisconsin, he gave us traveling mercies into the Dakotas for two years. I heard yesterday, I think Fargo, North Dakota is going to be, oh, oh I don't know how, but this, the wind chill factor is going to be 60 below zero. Amen. But God fed us and clothed us everywhere we went and helped us to minister to the people. Now, I wouldn't take anything for this journey. If this is my last, amen. Oh, 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 glory. Uh, you, I'll die with a smile on my face. I'm ready for heaven. Glory. Thank God forever. Jesus is risen. And he came out of that tomb with the keys of death, hell, and the grave, declaring, because I live, you shall live also. Glory. I love the Lord. Would you stand with me? I just feel this morning like some of you may be going through some things. And I'm going to ask Pastor Steve to come and pray this prayer. But I want you to believe God this morning. If there's anything right now that's in your way, amen, and overcome it, it may, if it's a sin, God help, can help you to overcome it. If it's a problem of any, any storm in your life, trials that you're going through, if you're in a situation now that you don't know how you're going to get out of, amen, I'm believing with you. I'm believing that God is going to touch. If you're that person, amen, up. Just reach out and take hold of somebody's hand right now as Pastor Steve prays.